Hello everyone, uh, my name is Alessia and I'm from lovelove.ai team and today I'm happy to welcome you on our AI talks. This time a little bit unusual, I will be the uh, host of this talk and today we have uh, our guest, amazing guest, uh, honestly, is Ivan pra Prado, who is the um, entrepreneur I, I say like real innovator. He's working a lot with um, company culture. He working a lot with gamification, as you may see on our poster to this event. Uh, he's so much connected with it, and he has really seven and more than seven years of entrepreneur experience, and he has uh, more than ten years of training experience. So he has a lot to uh, share with us today, and we will talk uh, mostly about gamification, about the design thinking which is his main area and about AI, of course. Ivan, uh, happy to have you here today with me. Can you please tell about, uh, about yourself more probably than me? Thank you so much for the intro, Lizia. Um, so my name is Ivan. You can also call me Ivan. I do that when I'm speaking English. Um, I'm originally from Brazil. And I have been an entrepreneur at Skill Lab for about almost eight years now, uh, so seven-ish years. Um, it's been it's been a great journey, uh, especially with the challenges of the pandemic and everything. I started my career in training and development, uh, doing soft skills workshops, leadership development workshops, and in two thousand eighteen. I made like a partnership with a Swedish company that has business simulations. They're like board games where you play uh, for up to three days. So you play one game for four hours, eight hours, up to three days. And in those games, you simulate a company. And by doing that, you learn in a fun way, in an engaging way, um, more about businesses and even some technical issues. So I fell in love with that because having a background in chemical engineering and, well, a lot of theoretical subjects, uh, learning uh, subjects such as finances, like corporate finances in one day by playing a game uh, was something that really got into me. So because of that, I started learning more about gamification, about game design, more as a hobby. Uh, but I would never uh, uh, expect to now be considered like an authority in this, like being an international speaker on gamification, working on my first book, and yeah, working with uh, even Fortune 500 clients on gamification programs or game design. Um, so yeah, the pandemic has helped uh, a little bit because when we talk about gamification, we talk about ways of increasing engagement in products and services uh, so people would uh, participate more. And uh, is a way also to create new habits, so to induce behavior. And with the pandemic, remote work, hybrid work, uh, people felt like the companies, they felt that they needed a way of uh, getting people closer to the office or at least more engaging. And it has been good for business somehow. 
Okay, um, let me ask you about the gamification that you mentioned. Could you, um, like, for us to be on the same page, uh, explain in simple word, uh, words what does mean gamification in your business? Uh, what's mainly you working with? Yeah, um, so when we think about gamification, we have to think about games. Uh, when we go into the game industry, it's actually bigger than the than the movie, cinema, and and music industries all together. And there's something about games that are highly engaging. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know people that sometimes put an alarm clock at 4 a.m. just to water a virtual plant, or maybe spend three four hours throwing. Uh, birds at pigs, like at angry birds, why would yeah, people yeah. do that? And <laughs> why would they, you know, like wake up at 4 a.m. to water a virtual plant, but would got, get late uh, getting into work? Or why can't they spend so much time like playing uh, games that sometimes doesn't even make a lot of sense, but they cannot, they can barely stay one hour on an Excel spreadsheet. So by trying to understand that, trying to understand what elements inside of games drive that engagement, drive that behavior, we try to apply that into real life situations, be that into a program, be that onboarding a, an employee, be that to develop a new habit. Uh, so we use that uh, to do gamification work, to do gamification progress. Of course, most people, they learn about gamification and they might think of apps like Duolingo uh, because those are some uh, apps that got some, uh, got famous and have some engagement. Uh, we do think that these apps, uh, they were a lot of success Back then, uh, they used some systems that we understand as uh, PBL, like points, badges, and, and leaderboards, which are ways of virtually rewarding people for, for their behavior. And this is something good that happens in games that sometimes we miss in real life, which is the constant feedback. You know, when you're playing a game, uh, if you do something that is good for you, that is good for for the game, the story, you will uh, be bigger, you will dance, you will be happy, uh, you will receive points, you will receive points. So you will receive some sort of feedback that will uh, make sure you are on the right path. If you do something that is not good for you, that is wrong, you get like uh, poisoned, you will, you know, make get smaller, you will uh, lose a, a life, lose points, and things like that. So this is one thing, uh, of course, there are hundreds of different mechanics, but I say that constant feedback is one of the things that we see in games that we most need in our real life, because sometimes we're kind of lost and we don't know what to do or how to do stuff, and we're just like figuring out. Like in a game, you just, when you start, you already know your, your goal, your mission. You mm -hmm. have to save the world. You have to uh, return the ring 
to its place. Uh, but what about real life? You don't. You might, if you are lucky, find the purpose in life or uh, plan yourself some goals. But there's no like uh, victory. There's no way of like you know finishing the game. Um, so usually we base ourselves into our parents or people that inspire us. But these are some things that we relate so much in games, like instructional manual. Like you start uh, learning how to to do, how to earn the superpowers, and we kind of miss that in real life. So gamification is a way to implement these feedback systems, these game mechanics, mm -hmm. into real life. That's a very good and very complex answer, I say. And I would divide for this interview gamification uh, on two types that I'm interested in. First of all, is gamification for business, uh, for customers. I mean, when you gamificate your product for customers. And the second is uh, gamification for internal culture, for uh, employees that work with you. And the first question is regarding the, the first point uh, when you gamif like use gamification to your product. Uh, can you agree that businesses that use gamification are more rather to build very good community than the businesses that don't use it? Uh, I, in my real honest opinion, I feel that gamification is one framework. It's one methodology. It works if you use it well. It works if you understand your audience. Uh, so it can be really good. Uh, I, I say that gamification won't save the world. It just makes like, the journey of saving the world a little bit nicer. Uh, so yeah, of course you can have better results. Uh, there's a research that says that, for example, there are some advert games. Uh, which are games used for advertisement, publicity. And in those games, uh, besides of like strengthening your brand, you can, for example, depending on how much someone scores, you can give them a coupon for 20% discount on your product, for example. Uh, this research said that a person that earns the coupon is seven times more likely to use that coupon than a person that just like finds a coupon online because, well, I deserved it, you know, like I played for it, it, I earned it. And even though I don't need the product, even though I don't need this course, the service, I want to use the coupon because, you know, it's the price I got for my work. So it is a way of engaging people and driving decisions, of course, uh, but it has, it has to be, uh, well done, especially because gamification was on a high like 10 years ago, but because people kept doing the same, uh, people kind of got used to that, you know? So, uh, we started developing mechanisms to say, oh, this person is playing me, uh, somehow. And it doesn't feel very genuine or, or good enough. Uh, to really drive results, um, but yeah, it it can it can definitely do. When when we talk about like using it in products, there's caution that you have to have. Um, one thing uh, I always say, like when you ask food in a delivery app and you receive like a small gift that you were not expecting, like a small piece of chocolate, 
example. You get surprised. Surpri uh, there's like uh, an expectancy. It's one of the motivators of, of gamification, the surprise effect. And then, wow, you liked, you asked again, and then the chocolate comes again. And oh, nice. But well, it happened two times. It's not a surprise anymore. And then the third time you ask the deliver uh, that food on the delivery app, there's no chocolate in it. Oh, where is my chocolate? You know, like you didn't care about the chocolate before, but now it's like acquired yeah, that's right, right. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I want my chocolate. Like I don't care about the food anymore. I just want my chocolate again. And this is like one of the things that can be tricky about doing gamification because. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, if you get people used to a behavior, when you take that behavior back, it can backfire. Um, but as well, you can like use that and like some someday you don't send anything. Another day you send like a note. Another day you send, you know, uh, that brings the surprise element, and people are are happy to. Oh, nice! They they re uh, remembered me. They they value me. Somehow. Okay, maybe you have some cases uh, for us to share when you implemented the gamification process in some businesses or startups, uh, maybe even technical one, so our uh, listeners can be like can get value from this. Yeah, um, there are two cases that come to my mind when I think about the, the gamification programs we delivered. One, uh, it was for a Chinese renewable energy company. Uh, we had, so they have uh, three hydroelectric plants here, here in Brazil. Uh, and most of their employees, they, they are not very tech savvy. So we did have to build the gamification online, but we also had to deliver it like offline, uh, which was some sort of uh, challenge for us, but it was really nice. This project was about creating a culture of feedback in the company because uh, when they were looking at the employee turnover rates, so how many people would leave the company voluntarily, they, they didn't get fired, they left for another company. They saw that many people uh, wrote on their, uh, on their feedback that they were leaving because they didn't feel they were growing because they lacked feedback. So they were not getting enough feedback from their managers. And thinking about that, the company wanted to implement a culture of feedback. So we designed a four week program where every week they would receive from three up to five different challenges, quests, where they would have to either ask or provide feedback, not only for their managers, uh, but for their peers, their colleagues, their family, their friends, even like their gym instructor. Uh, they would have to ask different questions, such as um, what are the first uh, words that come to mind when you think about me? What is one thing uh, you think I need to work on, I need to improve? So that makes the, the feedback process way lighter. It's not like, oh, I have to talk to you. Oh, 
I need to give you some feedback that you just like, you know, shake like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? <laughs> uh, but something that you do on a daily basis uh, and you get like from different uh, spheres of your uh, family and friends that makes feedback so easily uh, done. And when the whole company is asking and giving feedback, it's, and, and you do that for four weeks in a row, you start implementing the habit of, the habit of feedback. And it starts uh, working a little bit easier than just like those formal conversations. That's so very funny. You, you remind me just, uh, we have this, it's cool. We have this small notebooks uh, with different, like it's very colorful and you just give it to your friends and you, to your classmates. They write about you very nice things. And it's not so uh, hard to write because you have it like, it's super cool in super cool form. So I agree, it's the kind of uh, gamification for feedback. It sounds very nice. Uh, we have uh, actually very good question in chat. Um, and I will just read it. How is gamification different from games uh, in business? And uh, is it is gamification is mandatory feature uh, in today's business? That's I guess that's very good. It's even two questions. Yeah, thank you so much for the questions. They're super relevant. Um, I say that gamification, game design, they are different because gamification. Well, it's not a game itself. It could be pictured as a game, as a journey, you know, even as like a board game somehow. But it's something that it, the goal is for people to take action. Um, when I'm uh, building a gamification, I am building ways of people to engage. And I am giving that feedback and giving that reward and giving, uh, I'm using those things that work in games to make them do something, participate in something. Uh, at least like from, from my experience, this I have not read like anywhere. It's something that uh, I got like from, from experience. We usually use the gamification uh, for people to do things, to, to make, to take action. Uh, the game, design itself, it's like an immersive experience. Uh, we started as a training company, so usually the games we, we build is for training purposes. Um, so you will have the objective in mind, right? When we think about training, we think about the learning objectives. What will people remember after the training? Um, and we try to bring that inside that game. The game, it has like a beginning and an end. Uh, of course, you can later come with expansions, you can uh, come up with new ways of playing, but usually it's something that lasts one hour, one day. It's, it's something, the gamification, no, you can always be implementing and you can always uh, bring uh, new habits. So one of the examples that we did, it was actually this, like this year we created, we designed the game for Intel, uh, which was super cool to train their retail partners. But when, the first game we developed, and it's actually one of my favorite ones, um, was for a healthcare company. Uh, they manage a lot of hospitals and they brought us a PowerPoint with a 20 minute training on fire security. Uh, 
uh, fire safety training. And that was very complete, you know, but it was a lot of technical language. It was really hard to understand. So what we did is we transformed that PowerPoint into a card game where we had like 10 different uh, types like uh, of fire, like a simulation base. And you would have like each fire would start in a level of dangerousness. You know, like, oh, you have this fire that you have to take care of. Every participant would receive a fire. There could, there, there were more uh, fire situations on the, on the deck that they could maybe manage more than one fire at once. Their goal was to bring that fire to safety or, or to level zero, uh, the, who, who gets there first or, uh, uh, ends up winning the game. Uh, it, it needed to be fast, so because they were training more than 50,000 people a year with that game. Um, but yeah, so we did like the different kinds of fire extinguisher, of course, uh, in a better way. We differentiated the kinds of fire, for example, an electrical fire uh, in a microwave or in a computer or in an air conditioning, uh, because you cannot use, for example, a water-based fire extinguisher on that, or you make the, the fire even worse. I mean, adding water to electricity, sometimes it doesn't work, right? Um, so we made sure to, to make that a part of the, the learning experience. And we also have the effect cards, which are things that can happen in a fire. So things that you should do to be safe and things that you should avoid doing also to be safe. So for example, if someone, there's a card to cover your, your mouth and nose with a wet cloth uh, to protect you from the smoke. Oh, that will help you. So minus one for the dangerousness of the fire. But there are cards like, for example, uh, coming back to get your, your belongings, like your computer and things. Well, that's highly dangerous, you know? So that would add to the dangerousness of the fire. And the good thing that makes the, the game so exciting is that as in life, we don't know what can happen. So we would enable uh, participants to throw cards at each other. So like, hey mate, you're not supposed to use the elevator plus three dangerousness to your fire, you know? So okay. it was highly competitive and it was a way to understanding like visually uh, how to mm -hmm. be safe in a fire and what not to do if a fire happens. Um, so yeah, it, it was, I, I don't know, like probably showing the cards and everything, it's easier to understand, but hopefully you've got a grasp on how yes. a simulation can, can help you understand instead of like having all those simulations, which are super important, like where you, you have to, uh, go down the stairs and do everything and, and train. That has to happen as well. But then you know why, you know, because it happens actually a lot that people during a simulation uh, or even during a fire, mm -hmm. they would get their phones to record the fire 
or they would not go out of, uh, they would still keep on the meeting on the phone and that can be very dangerous. So we try to, to bring that into the game. Okay, so just to summarize, uh, the difference between gamification business and games in business is that uh, games, it is like separate type of software and separate type of product, right? And gamification is something that you integrate into your processes, right? To make this process of oral learning or integration of your users with uh, your business more smoother and more funnier. And uh, you just mentioned very nice point that uh, gamification can be really good use to education, like to educate people about something. And uh, can we also, because, you know, our business here, uh, we are making AI hackathons. So um, mm -hmm. for me, it seems like AI hackathons is also the way to um, gamificate learning process of to learn AI. You go for a hackathon and you play with AI tools to learn. Yeah, that, that sounds like... Yeah, totally. Actually, one of the other cases of gamification uh, I wanted to mention that we recently did was for an insurance company. And we used the gamification platform uh, to create an asynchronous gamified hackathon. The thing about like the corporate world is that usually hackathons are not very accessible for them because it's too much. It's too deep. It's too much information. It's too much time. And usually it happens around like one day, one weekend, or even one week. And when we're talking about this, these corporate people, they can have maybe 30 minutes a day, one hour a day, but not like the whole day, you know, like getting the whole company one day without working, it's really challenging. So we did a hackathon over a whole month. And every week we would uh, come up with different parts and, and frameworks from design thinking uh, where they would have to deliver that. Uh, so it was a way that, of course, some people worked outside of their working hours. We had people working around midnight, you know, like. Uh, we had cases of people like watching the, the classes and doing the exercises. But they are passionate about it, really. Yeah, that, that's very cool. Yeah, it was a really good way of like getting into their agenda because uh, for for companies, sometimes it's, it's hard because of, of the time. And it's something that they really liked because they were doing things and they were learning. Um, of course, we, we didn't do like much. We didn't have the resources. We, we used like some challenges, some prizes, some um, small gamification with the class and everything. But it was a, a really nice way uh, of making the hackathon accessible to, to corporate, I would say. Okay. Uh, I we do not have so much time, so around seven minutes. But still, I have two questions that I'm really interested to ask you. Uh, I I know that you had experience working with really big companies, let's say you know, corporations like Microsoft, eBay, or something even. So, um, and you working with culture. I mean, like internal company culture, right? And you was working also with gamification of this culture. Can you tell just briefly what you were uh, doing in these companies and uh, how the gamification can be applied to big corporations? 
Yeah. Uh, well, the the good thing about uh, big corporations is that they have a lot of people, and you can make things hail a little bit uh, better. Usually, they also have uh, more money to invest, which is also uh, good that you have like the resources to make things work. For example, for Intel this year, we designed a game for them uh, so they would train their retail partners, you know, like from Walmart, and Best Buy, uh, you know, like uh, retail companies uh, on the differences around the Intel technologies and software. So we had uh, three generations of uh, uh, Oh, uh, I forgot the, the name right now. Uh, but like from i3 to i9, they, they had like the processors. They had like the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th generation. They had like uh, memory cards. Uh, they had uh, so many of the computer hardware pieces, uh, graphic uh, plates and, and things like that uh, to understand the performance and the difference between those hardware. So we designed a game where the, the person would have to build a computer for mm -hmm. their persona. We had personas mm -hmm. that like from a graphic designer to a computer student to like a corporate worker uh, to like a general user. And they didn't have to build the most powerful computer every time but they would have to understand the difference between the hardware to make a computer that is good for that persona. Uh, it was a way of uh, training that people, and when they would have, they when they would have to make a suggestion for a client, they would understand that better. Um, yeah, we, that's very, It mm -hmm. was it was nice because we built for Brazil, but we already translated into English and Spanish, and we're already talking to Intel in Mexico to make an expansion. Um, with other clients, like uh, I mentioned some of the, some other programs, like for implementing uh, a cultural feedback, or even mm -hmm. for the hackathon, yeah. we also did that for innovation as well. With Microsoft, we partnered with a consulting company from San Francisco, and we worked with more than 100 people from Gen, Gen Z uh, to understand about the future of work. So we did a lot of think tanks on Myra, uh, asking them questions on uh, what impact their work, what vision they had for how work would be in 10 years. Okay. So it really depends on what the objective of the client is. Um, we were lucky enough to get like these big clients, but usually they come to us through Google Ads. So um, really, so they just find us. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. Of course, we try to actively uh, get signed clients like that, but. It was also like once one client signed and we have that on our portfolio, it's easier uh, to, yeah, that's, to get that's right. yeah, yeah from, from such clients. 
I have one more question from our participants. It's not so much related to gamification, but it's related to your entrepreneur experience that you have really a lot and maybe your training experience. You know the statistic that only 10% of uh, percent of startups uh, succeed and like in their probably first three years, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, working in the market. And uh, the question is, uh, what do you think is the major mistakes committed and uh, that we should avoid? I mean, teams who work in theirs, uh, here on the hackathon should avoid. Because as you know, um, on these hackathons, they created the projects and they uh, most of the team, okay, I can't say most, but a lot of teams that have really good projects and they, they continue working on it. And it's basically you're talking to a community of startups here. Maybe you have some advices from your experience how to succeed and don't fail your business in the first three years. Um, I mean, from my personal experience, like I didn't have any funding. I didn't have the means, you know, like to start being full time. So I started part time. I worked with other clients, with other partners to, to get my first clients. Um, so that, that was something, uh, I myself, like am starting this tech startup world, like for about a year now. And I know some of the challenges, especially developing software. <laughs> um, I know how hard it can be. Um, one thing that was, that we learned, especially from, from these past couple of years is that it's really hard, like sales is, is the most important part of the business uh, and you have to keep selling. Uh, this, this, this is like one of the, the biggest uh, learnings that I had. For example, last year I outsourced my sales uh, because I don't like doing sales very much, um, but that was not good for business, you know. Uh, it's always good to get help. It's always good to automate processes, but usually the the, fo the founding team uh, knows more about the business, have more vision, and it, and it's easier for the founding team to sell rather than just like a friend or even a person that is like a salesperson. Um, another thing that we learned is um, it's really hard to predict the market. So last year, we went from four to 16 employees. We extended the team because we were almost exhausted from so much work. And this year, with everything that is happening, the recession, the war in the Ukraine, here in Brazil was election year, business have not been so good. And it's very painful to fire people. I mean... I talked to every uh, one of them. They kind of already knew. I was always transparent on our finances and how much we could do. But I think I took like a bigger step that I could do, like maybe growing the team from four to six, seven people instead of 16. <laughs> that would be something good. Because even though we finished last year cash in, in the bank, uh, this year we had we struggled a lot uh, to survive even because like five months paying 16 salaries you know like not having a lot of revenue 
it was really challenging uh, for us. Uh, another thing that I have been learning a lot uh, is to find mentors. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm 30 years old. Uh, I started uh, being an entrepreneur. I was 23, 22 to 23. And even though now I have a lot of business experience, I am considered an expert in my area. I know a lot of stuff. So it's really good to, to have mentors and to have peers. Uh, one thing that I think that helped the most my business is that in 2017, five years ago, I got, I was selected as a young leader of the Americas by the US government for an entrepreneurship program. And there I met like hundreds of entrepreneurs. And having that community of people that have been there, <laughs> have done that, or have had some similar struggles is something that really helps me. It helps me not only from the perspective of, you know, like sometimes I get some imposter syndrome, like, what am I doing? You know, like, how am I getting these clients? Like, who am I? Uh, but these people say, no, you're good enough. We also have those feelings. We also have that, those thoughts that being an entrepreneur, we're not, we will never be good enough, but actually we are good enough. Sometimes we have mm -hmm. perfection on the way, but it's better like to, to ship, to deliver, and then to improve and implement than to stay in this like, oh, it can be, get better, it can get better. Of course, it can always get better. Yeah, exactly. But mm -hmm. as, as, as hard as it can be, uh, you, you can ship something and deliver value to some people. Maybe you get critiques. Uh, maybe it won't be perfect, but with time, it, it will get better. Um, yeah, that's and, the very famous quote and of like launch first and then make uh, improvements and don't don't yeah. try to launch the perfect product. That's right. Um, yeah, as we do not have uh, so much time, I really want to cover one uh, very important but uh, probably very short topic is your company, which is skillup.co. And can you make for us maybe a two-minute speech about the company, what you are doing there, and how it can be, uh, you know, maybe helpful or have people who are watching us now and who will watch us after uh, this live talk will, um, like, can interact with you? Yeah. Um, with the pandemic, we, we tried to go global and it didn't work very well, but we incorporated in the U.S., uh, but now, this year, that we were not as busy, uh, we started with our global expansion. Um, so we are already talking to some uh, clients uh, around uh, the world, actually. Uh, they're mostly interested in, in, in the business simulations we work with, which are those uh, board games. We also have them online, uh, where you play for one day and you learn about decision-making, like corporate finances, so the training aspect of it. Uh, the consulting in either gamification or game design, it's something that it usually lasts around two to three months. 
it really depends on the scope of the project. But it's something that it has been a really challenging uh, to, I mean, now we have like a great portfolio with great companies with some use cases, but still like consulting is something that is already intangible. When you, we talk about gamification consulting, people usually they, they don't understand uh, as well uh, how, how it can impact their business. But I would say that if you, want to learn more if you want you know like to talk about it just on our website as you said skilllab.co uh we there's a link to book like a free meeting with me 30 minutes i would happily help you know like uh, i say that these meetings are uh, for getting to know each other not, it's not always about like business about hiring us but if there's anything that you want to learn more about company culture, gamification, mm. corporate training, just book a meeting with, with me uh, there. It's, it's super easy. And we can, we can discuss how, how can gamification, game design, or even corporate training can help you or your company. That's very nice. So yeah, guys, if you want to talk more with Avon, and you, you may just reach him out on LinkedIn. And even if you are interested in something regarding your project, you may talk to him and he will give you really good advice. And I hope to see you, Avon, also on our hackathons uh, for the next time and your community can engage even more with you. Thank you so much for being with us today and for this such warm uh, talk. And yeah, hope to see you later. And if you have some final words to say uh, to our community, uh, you're welcome to say. Yeah, um, thank you very much for, for the, the invite. It has been uh, really nice talking to, to you. Hope I can, I can join a hackathon or I can help um, some of uh, the businesses around here. Um, yeah, just, just keep doing, uh, just ask for help. Uh, that's that's really important, and yeah, as in in game and, and in gamification, feedback is really important. Be that for your product, be that from your team, uh, be that from your client. Uh, just always ask for feedback. Very nice words. Yes, guys. Every time ask for feedback. Thank you, Ivan.